Welcome to Stats Stories, where we take a deeper look at statistical intrigues throughout professional sports from the players, teams, events, and auras that have sparked our interest while searching across StatMuse. I'm Chad Shanks, Director of Marketing for StatMuse, also known as the idiot who once shot an emoji horse. And I'm Justin Kabatko, Director of Statistics for StatMuse, and I am perhaps better known as the person who created BasketballReference.com. In this, our second episode, we're going to be taking a look at some of the scoring performances that maybe stick out a little bit. Scoring performances that you didn't expect and from certain players who scored way more in a game than you ever thought they would. This is episode two, Attack of the Flukes. So there's always been kind of an aura to scoring 50 points in a game. Anytime a player says that they dropped 50 or you see on this on sports center or on twitter that a player dropped 50 that's always a big deal like there's always just something about scoring 50 points that just doesn't happen too often but it's not so rare that it never happens but anytime someone scores 50 it's always a big deal so yeah we were discussing fluke fluke games uh fluke scoring performances in particular and we kind of ended up focusing on 50-point games. And let me just give you some numbers here to sort of let you know let you know how how rare a 50-point game is. So there have been over 1.1 million player games in NBA history, but there's only been 452 50-point games. So that's like one every 2,500 player games, which is not too often. In a typical season, there will be about maybe a half dozen 50-point performances. So if, if you would go to a game, there's about a 1 in 200 chance or something like that you would observe a player putting up 50 points. So it's, it's not going to happen very often. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, like you said. Like this season, there's been a couple already. Stephen Curry's done it twice. Harden's done it. Uh, Butler, Kimba Walker, and uh, DeMarcus Cousins have all dropped 50 in a game. But if you look at even in the last... Um, 10 seasons there have been 77 total 50 point games most of those coming from Kobe Bryant who's had 19 just in the last 10 seasons alone but yeah it just doesn't happen incredibly often unless your name was Wilt Chamberlain because Wilt Chamberlain did it 118 times in his career and, and get this and that, second, that is over 25 percent of all 50 point games Wilt by himself yeah Wilt, <laughs> that's, all, that's insane all Wilt Chamberlain yeah, the closest person to him is MJ, who has 31. So that's quite a huge difference in 50-point games. Oh, yeah. And then Kobe comes in third with 24, right? If you, matching his jersey number. If you take the next seven players behind Wilt and add up all their 50-point games, they're still one shy of Wilt. That, that's, how, that's how much he towers over everyone else in this category. Yeah, it's just insane, and I don't, I don't care when people start making the argument that, oh, well, if Will Chamberlain played today, blah, 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 I don't care. Dropping 118 50-point games, regardless of the era or the competition, I mean, that's, that's just incredible. But, so, you have, your, you have your Wilts, you have your Jordans, you have your Kobe's, who anytime they drop 50, you're like, oh, okay, all right, well, of course they did, because that's just what they do. But every once in a while... There just comes from nowhere a gift from the gods of a 50-point game from a player who you've never expected. And you're like, where the hell did this come from? So just to 
rattle off a few of the random 50-point games we've had in the last couple years. Um, Jermaine O'Neal, Damon Stoudemire, and Amari Stoudemire, both in the same season. Although, uh, Amari, Amari was a pretty big scorer. I mean, he averaged, what, 25 to 27 points a game with the Suns. So that's yeah, not totally, I, you know, off the wall. Yeah, I guess his his kind of, like, later seasons have kind of clouded the, the memory of him. I guess you're right. But still, Sharif Abdur-Rahim, did you ever... Think of him dropping 50 points in a game. Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, if we're going to keep with that name structure. Willie Burton, Cedric Sabalos, Nick the Brick Anderson when he wasn't uh, gifting the Houston Rockets with the second championship. Ouch. And even Vernon Ouch. Max, even even Vernon Maxwell of the Rockets scored 50 points in a game. And if we go back even further, you can throw out some names that maybe Justin and a few other people have heard of or remember those games. But there are a few, though, that that really stick out that I think that we want to focus on and talk about 50-point games that were just really fluke, fluke scoring performances. Just you know, just and real quick to add some more context here. here. Here's some guys that never had a 50-point game in the NBA: Kevin Garnett, Robert Parrish, Gary Payton, Scottie Pippen, Isaiah Thomas, Julius Irving, Dr. J. None of those guys had a 50-point game, and yet Tony Delk and Terrence Ross have had 50-point games. Yeah, and uh, did you did you say Garnett? I did yeah, say Garnett. Kevin yeah, Garnett. first name I said. Yeah. Kevin Garnett has has not had a 50-point game, but there are two Timberwolves players who have. Mo Williams dropped uh, 50 for the Timberwolves recently, and Corey Brewer dropped 51 in a game that I watched against the Rockets that was just insane, insane to watch. So before we get more into those performances and talking a little bit about... Um, the biggest fluke scoring performances. Um, let's take a little bit and talk about what actually constitutes a fluke scoring performance. You know, for me and the casual fan, it's just that shock value when you hear, hey, Terrence Ross just dropped 50 last night. And you're like, what the hell? Like, you can't you can't believe it. So there's also there's that shock value of not believing what that player just did. But there's also a way to quantify it numerically. There, there are, yeah, I mean, I would say there are ways. There are numerous ways you could do this, um, trying to figure out, you know, what, what is a fluke performance. I sort of settled on a, a hybrid way because one way you could look at it, right, is you could just say, okay, what's the most points this player's ever scored in a game? And then what's his second highest scoring game? And look at the difference between those two. Now, the problem is if you just do that, then you get like a guy like Wilt coming close to the top because he had a 100-point game and his next game was seven, his second highest scoring game was 78 points. That's a difference of 22. So that's going to push him up there pretty high. And really, I don't know if you want Wilt at near the top of a list like that. Another way to look at it would be to say, okay, let's just see how much is this an improvement over the player's second best point total. Okay? So like... The problem with that is if you've got a guy that goes from five points for his career high or for his second best and then 10 points for his best, that's 100% improvement. But what you're doing is you're going to put that on the same level as a guy going from 30 to 60. And those, those aren't really the same thing either. So what I kind of settled on was just doing both of those things and multiplying them. So basically you take the difference between the player's highest scoring game and his second highest scoring game 
square it, and then divide by the second highest scoring game. Now, the math doesn't really matter, but that, what that does is it kind of separates these players and it, it makes it clear which performances were outright flukes and which were not. Yeah, so, all right, so we have our two, our two methods. So which, is there one that kind of stuck out to you whenever you heard, oh, so-and-so just dropped 50 in a game that was the most shocking without checking any numbers going against it? Whenever you heard, all right, this guy dropped 50, which one do you just really took you aback? I think, so I think the first one I really remember and you're a little bit younger than me, so you might not have the memory of this, was Willie Burton in 1994 putting up 53 points in a game. Uh, and it was just kind of an, a, a really strange thing to, to the next day open the newspaper, which nobody reads anymore, open the newspaper and see that Willie Burton dropped 53 points. That was not a guy you would have expected to, to score that many points in a game. How about you? Yeah. Uh for me, actually experiencing the the Corey Brewer fifty point game was really insane because I knew who Co- Corey Brewer was, of course, but he was never the type of player you expected that from. And especially watching how he he did it, which a lot of these performances that we consider kind of fluky, like um, Tony Delk when he had his revenge game against the the Sacramento Kings when he dropped. Um, 50 on them I mean he was just hitting shots like crazy Terrence Ross and his I think had something like 10 three-pointers or something like that I think that's right you know and he just yeah he just caught fire and was knocking down everything and um, Corey Brewer just ran all over the place so I just remember in that game like Jeremy Lin would bring the ball up the court and just throw it wildly and Corey Brewer would just intercept the pass and run down and have a wide open layup and he did that just dozens and dozens of times. He only hit he hit one like corner three, and he hit um, one mid range jumper, and then he had some this crazy ass um, buzzer beater from beyond half court that went in. But apart from that, I mean, he was just attacking, attacking, and attacking. And I don't know if we have a way to quantify this, but it just like of all the fifty point games performances in history, I want to know how many of them are actual layups because it just seemed that Corey Brewer was just running all over the place. Yeah, we, we uh, you remember we pulled up the shot chart for that the other day on StatMuse, and, and it's like, yeah, it's like he's there's all these dots, all these solid dots right around the rim. It's like he just, it was just like a layup line for him. And I didn't watch the game. So were, were these, like, was he just getting open on the fast break and, and getting wide open looks at the rim, or were these shots in the paint that were contested? Sounds like from what you're describing that it was just like him taking off and them getting the ball out to him and he's laying it in every time. Yeah, he was just sprinting up and down the court nonstop and the Rockets' transition defense had had nothing that night. I don't remember where they were in the season. I mean, it was kind of later in the season, like a game in April, I believe. And um, so there may have been some fatigue setting in on, on their part on a road trip. I'm not sure about that. But Corey Brewer just just dissected them and um i went back and watched the highlights to kind of refresh my memory and there it it was a lot of turnovers where he was just jumping in passing lanes and popping the ball loose and taking off with it and then he would get the ball um in the set and just cut straight to the basket and no one would step in front of him like like there was one where he was going in and sweet sweet ass omer ashik would just 
move, just like get out of the way and Corey Brewer would go up there. But then the ones that were contested, Corey Brewer does what Corey Brewer does and just contorts his body like a crazy person and tosses the ball up off the backboard and it goes in. And it it was just, you know, a crazy night for him. And when you look at his performance before that, I mean, he had, I think his career high before that was something like 29, 28. I think it was, some, I think it was 29. 29, yes, somewhere in that. So he had never had a 30-point game. He had never had a 40-point game and then just goes straight to 50. Like, forget forget those other two landmarks. I'm just going straight to 50. And so when Mo Williams did it, um, I think the following season, when he went off for 50, I mean, Mo Williams had multiple 30-point games in his background. He had a couple 40-point games. So him going off for 50, yeah, you're surprised by it because you don't expect Mo Williams to score 50, but... Corey Brewer had hadn't even come close to that, and then one day she's like, "Guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop 50." Yeah, so I think there are only two others that went straight from having a high in the 20s to then having a 50 point game. So one of and we've mentioned both of them, I believe, so Tony Delk and Terrence Ross. I think those are the only other two guys to do that. Um, so yeah, it's just what about. Did Tr- Tracy Murray? Did he didn't go straight from twenty to fifty when he when he had his fifty with the Wizards? I don't have that in front of me. I don't think he did, but I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, all I remember about Tracy Murray was he was the guy that walked into Compact Center next to Clyde Drexler after the uh, the Blazers traded him to the Rockets, and everyone is cheering and screaming because Clyde Drexler is coming to the Rockets, right? And then Tracy Murray was part of the deal, so he's just standing in the background, and Clyde's, like, waving, and Tracy Murray's, like, waving to the people, like, smiling. And we're like, Tra- like, sit down, Tracy Murray. Like, no one, no one's cheering for you. <laughs> like, why are you... Why? Stop that, Tracy Murray. But then Tracy Murray goes off for 50 a couple couple seasons later you know so he he's part of that club and i think the the significance of a 50 point game is even felt among the players themselves because um cory brewer after his game in his post-game interview was talking about that um kevin martin who was on um on the team still on the team now and um Kevin Love were both telling him as he was getting close to like, hey, you're about to join the club. You're about to join the club. I wasn't keeping track until um, I think K-Mart said, you can join the club. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> him and K-Love both had 50. They said, you want to come join the club? When I had like 44, I was like, I will see. So I guess I joined the club. <laughs> Even among the players, if you drop 50 in a game, that's, you know, that's a big deal. And so Corey Brewer was shocking to say the least um terrence ross was shocking tony delk was shocking but you know how do we quantify who was of all those the biggest fluke performance apart from us just saying oh i was the most shocked by this guy okay so i have it narrowed down to two personally and this is so and they're very close so i think i'm gonna have to go to some non-numeric methods to to figure out my "Quote unquote winner in this in this category, so I, I think Delk and Ross stand out as as the two that are the biggest flukes, and then I put I probably put Brewer third, but I would put Delk and Ross first in one A and one B. So so Delk had fifty three, his second highest game was twenty seven. Ross had fifty one, his second highest game was twenty six. 
I'm going to go with Delk, though, as my all-time flukiest 50-point game for two reasons. One is that his career is over now. So that 27-point game he had that was then followed later on by a 53-point game, that's not going to change. Whereas Ross, still in the NBA, still fairly young. So that that second-highest scoring game of 26, that could come up at some point. Um, Although it doesn't make it any less fluky at the time, I guess. But... And then the other thing is, so we were looking at the shot charts, like I said earlier, for these guys. If you look at Delk's shot chart, it's it's really, really uh, neat for this game. So first of all, Delk was like, he was like 6'2", 185, 190, not a big guy. And he scored those 53 points without hitting a three-pointer. He hit like 20 for 27 from the floor. And if you look at his shot chart, it's all like mid-range jumpers. So like he's going, he's shooting 20 for 27, and he's mostly doing it with shots, you know, 15 to 20 feet. He's not doing it by hitting a bunch of threes. We said earlier, Ross hit like 10 threes in that game. Well, Delk scored his 53 without hitting a three-pointer. So to me, that was just really incredible that that a 6'2 guard who weighed a buck 90 could score 53 points without even hitting a three-pointer. Yeah, well, and I guess that's that's the argument, which is which makes the performance more fluky being able to sit there and like the death by a thousand cuts of hitting mid-range jumpers or the tons of layups getting to the bucket like like Corey Brewer did i guess it really depends on what your definition of uh, a fluky performance is like what's more likely to happen again a player of tony duck's caliber being able to just pick you apart with jumpers like that or someone like Corey Brewer being able to get to the basket unabated, you know, to the point to where he, he crosses that 50 point threshold. I think it's clear um, though, right? I mean, you you wouldn't argue that uh, the degree of difficulty was much higher for Delk than it was for Brewer. Just given the shots he was taking and making. Yeah. Yeah. But then uh, when I'm trying to remember who was better, who was more known as more of a scorer in college. Cause I mean, Tony Delk had a pretty, decent college career um, with Kentucky, right? Yeah, he played for Kentucky. So I can't NBA, remember his numbers at Kentucky, yeah. but he played for Kentucky. His NBA career didn't pan out. And Corey Brewer was on the um, the Florida title team, right? Yes. But even then even then he wasn't he wasn't really considered like the scorer of the team, right? No, um, he was more like a sort of a Swiss Army knife. He did everything, you know, a good defensive player, did a little bit of everything on the offensive end. But he was not a, a big yeah. time scorer by any means. Yeah, and Brewer jokes in his um, press conference of that game that they're asking, when's the last time he scored 50 in a game? And he's just like, uh, high school, you know, because Corey Brewer can't talk without smiling. He's just constantly smiling all the time. So you can just kind of hear in that interview that he does just the, the that kind of joy after having, you know, scored 50. I scored I 50, but... um. Never. I hadn't, I hadn't scored 50 since I was in high school. I hadn't thought about getting 50 since I was in high school. So it's a good night. And compare that with Terrence Ross after the game where Terrence Ross was just kind of like nothing had happened. He was just stone-faced. And they were like, when's the last time you scored 50 in a game? He's like, never. <laughs> never. When was the last time you would have 50? When was the last time I had 50? Never. Uh, my first time getting past 30, so... Uh, I don't know. Corey Brewer's like, oh, oh, that's great, <laughs> just laughing and stuff like that. Do it. I mean, do you still? Can you believe it right now that you actually did do it? I'm not even gonna lie. 
50? <laughs> like, you know how many guys score 50 in the NBA? Like, that's what makes it, like, such a good night because I never expected in my career to score 50. <laughs> so, you know, I joined a lot of people to score 50. It's a lot of good company up there. You say that Tony Delk is the biggest fluke performance, right? That's if you if you had to rank him, you would say number one based on based on the numbers that you, that you listed. I, I think well, and, I would base it, I, it. This it's part science, part art. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like I yeah. said based on based on the numbers, and then just because he, he if based on uh, the way I was calculating fluke scores, he comes out on top among all guys that scored fifty points, and then just the just the aspect yeah. of like I said about. He's he's scoring these points at hitting these mid-range jumpers, not hitting any threes. That's that's pretty high degree of difficulty for a, a six-two guard. It kind of pains me to say that I still think, even with the the stats pointing in more in Delt, Delk's direction, that I mean Corey Brewer's fifty-one point game was just so fluky in every way that I interpret that word. Because I mean, he, number one, he wouldn't have even crossed that threshold if not for. A uh, crazy half court buzzer beater, and then just the—I I can't imagine another another instance where a player is able to get to the basket like that, just unabated to the point where he puts up fifty. Like to me, that and it's, I'm biased because I watched it and like saw it happening in front of me, and just remember the emotions of it. So maybe maybe my opinion should be taken with a grain of salt, but just to me that that Corey Brewer fifty point performance, I don't think will ever happen again the it, it, to me it was the flukiest performance i've i've ever seen where a player drops 50 so let's speculate just a little bit and i ask you this question because i have someone in mind of all the players playing today who are you know your main your mainstays starters who you know are getting decent minutes is there one player you would be the most shocked if you know you Check the box scores the next morning and saw, oh my God, this guy dropped fifty last night. It's a good question. I, I like your uh, earlier. You brought up Omer Ashik. I think, I think that's mine. Oh! <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> Omer, if, if Omer Ashik ever dropped fifty points in a game, I would just give up on the NBA. I would be like, <laughs> it's 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 done. This this whole game is a joke. It's br- yeah, it's broken. We, we need to fix it. It's broken. Something's wrong. Yeah, I watched that guy miss so many wide open layups. I mean, he's a good rebounder. You know, you give him give him credit for that. But man, if well, here, okay, here's another one. Like here's that. another one. How about this one, Tony Allen? Yeah, Tony Allen, not necessarily known for his uh, for his offensive abilities and his his scoring prowess. Yeah, I would definitely be surprised. And it seems like the Grizzlies for the last like four years or however long they've had that core together it doesn't seem like they score 90 much in in games so with, especially with their slow pace if tony allen was to go off for for 50 points i think that would be that would be kind of a shocker but you know you said would it be i don't a, know if they've ever had a 50 point game at, at you know, the franchise I, i'm not sure you said you brought up abdur rahim earlier he played for the grizzlies but his 50 point game the, came with the hawks with the hawks it? yeah okay yeah, it came with the Hawks. So I don't know if the Grizzlies have ever had a 50-point game. That's something we can search on StatMuse. Yeah, you can search really quick on StatMuse just to prove to people how, how quick we can find these answers. I'm going to... All right. The highest scoring game in Grizzlies history, if I had to take a guess. Gasol. Mark Gasol. That's probably a decent guess. I'd go with Rudy Gay. 
Yeah, Rudy Gay did put up some numbers for them. Paul Gasol, too. There. It's actually Mike Miller with 45. All right. Mike Miller, 45 points. So I don't know how many how many other teams out there have never had a player put up a 50-point game. But as we've seen, as Justin has told us, that it's not exactly you know the most common thing in the NBA. And even still some even more uncommon players can put up those stats. And so to me, I still say Corey Brewer, 51 points against the Rockets was the flukiest 50 point performance of all time. Justin disagrees, albeit not by, not by a huge margin. Am I right? I would put him third behind Dilkin Ross. All right, agree to disagree. But let's wrap this up. I think we've done enough damage talking talking bad about Corey Brewer and Terrence Ross and Tony Delk, who are all good players and made it to the NBA. So it's not like they're just bums who, you know, it's super shocking that they score 50. But still, they scored 50 and we couldn't believe it. I don't think we have to worry about so their self-confidence. You're kind of trying to pump them up here. I think they're okay. Yeah, because all three of them are listening to this right now, like <laughs> as tears flow, flow down their faces. Like, shocked that we would say such things. Anyway, so that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, if you downloaded this on iTunes, be sure to check um, our blog on statmuse.com so you can see we're going to embed all the shot charts and um, some of the graphs and stuff that we talked about so you can get a visual representation of some of the stats that we talked about here. And uh, be sure to join us next time for our next episode. Um, Probably going to have some kind of corny um, Star Wars pun to the name. So episode three, Revenge of Something. We'll we'll figure that out in due time. But thank you for listening. And um, as always, log on to StatMuse and have some good searches and let us know what you find. And if you find anything that you think would be worth us discussing, send us a message on the Twitter account for StatMuse, which is at stat news all right i'm chad shanks thank you very much for listening we'll see you next episode